All right, everybody, it's uh, church, it's uh, Mother's Day. Welcome to my backyard studio. Uh, it is awesome to see you on this Mother's Day. First, uh, obviously, we want to say we celebrate all the mothers uh, that are watching today. Everybody, uh, make sure you call your mom, you tell her how much you love her, how thankful you are for all that she's done for you in your life. Uh, for me, I'm so grateful for my mom, Becky, and how she uh, prayed for me so much in my life and, and raised me to honor God. And I really appreciate that and love that. And Yvette, also my stepmom, uh, uh, just loved me so much and has been so encouraging uh, throughout my whole life. So I'm blessed to have two moms, uh, multiple grandmothers, and uh, I'm so grateful for all of them. And sure love them all and of course to my wife who's the mother of my boys i love you with all my heart sweetie and uh, you are the absolute best and i could not live a day without you uh it's just doesn't work at all nothing works without you in my life so i'm very very grateful and i love you dana with all my heart um we are going to be studying the book of mark and we're in chapter 9, uh, and we're going to be looking at verses 30 through 50. We're looking at the whole second half of the chapter today. And uh, so I'm really excited to get into that with you. So uh, you might hear all the birds seem to be going crazy around me. I got some owl over there hooting, and I got a, a family of birds right over there with a bunch of babies. And every time the mom flies in over there, you'll see, you'll hear the babies go crazy to get their worms or whatever they're eating um so it's kind of like what we're doing here we're gonna we're gonna feed you the word of god so uh let's get into it so let's start by praying and uh, opening up our heart pausing uh to give the holy spirit uh, space in our life to uh show us his will and 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 uh and just take over control jesus we give you honor and glory we love you you died on the cross for our sins, and we give you praise and honor, uh, and you are the Lord of our life. We want to follow you. We want to obey you. We want to seek your heart and your will. Um, Father, we ask that you would um, help us to give control to the Holy Spirit, to pause and, and, uh, and choose, uh, surrender to your will, and uh, Jesus, we need um, your, your Holy Spirit to guide us. Uh, we want to be able to know uh, the will and the and the heart of the Holy Spirit. Um, Jesus, we pray that you would give us wisdom as we listen to the Word of God. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Alrighty, so we're going to get started in uh, studying the Book of Mark, and this today's Bible study is going to be called "The Path to Greatness." the path to greatness. So um, my wife and I have been li listening to the Lord of the Rings books uh, every night as we kind of settle into bed. And it's been really fun. It's been really interesting. That guy is an amazing author. But uh, one thing has stuck out to me as we've listened to those. And, the, and uh, that was that Frodo, you know, this hobbit, he went on this path uh, to do something pretty great, uh, pretty amazing but it was not easy um but it mattered 
it was something that mattered to the world, to uh, everybody who lived in his time. This voyage, this journey that he went on, this path that he went on was very important. And when confronted with the task of taking the ring of power into the heart of the evil Mordor to destroy it in the fires of Mount Doom, um, faced with impossible odds and sure death, Frodo was a little bummed. He he was probably more than a little bummed. Uh, I'm going to quote from uh, the Fellowship of the Ring. Frodo says, I wish it had not happened in my time. And Gandalf responds, he said, so do I. And so do all who live to see such times. But that is not for them to decide. All we have to do is decide what to do with the time that is given to us. And my question for you today is, are you going to do something that matters? Or are you going to wuss out and not? What are you going to do with your life? Missionary uh, David Brainerd, who in many ways started the entire missionary movement of the modern church, uh, he said, it is sweet to be nothing and less than nothing so that Christ may be all in all. And that quote really uh, teaches us the, the secret to success in the kingdom of God. Doing, If we want to do something that matters, there's a secret to that success. And, and it's that the lower you are, the higher you'll go. The weaker you are, the stronger you'll get. And the more broken you are, the more healing you will receive and, and even be able to share with the world around you. So what we're going to learn about is a path. It's, it's like a road or a journey to true greatness. There are many perils and deaths and lonely struggles on this path that Jesus is going to teach us today. Um, and it even seems most of the time like we're going the wrong direction, but Jesus is leading us on this path because he loves us. It's a path um, that will free us from all of our fleshly confidence and sinful addictions. Today we're going to see that Jesus is going to lay this path right out for us. This path to, to life, but not just life, but to true greatness in life. Um, you could call it maybe even a path to victory or the victorious Christian life. Do you want to be great in God's kingdom? Uh, there's nothing wrong with that. We should want to be great in God's kingdom, in God's eyes. Uh, and the question is, how? Um, so with the light of God's everlasting word, uh, shining on us today, I hope that we will be able to understand what the path to his greatness is. Jesus is the best teacher in the world, and here he gives the truth and the lesson before his students even know what's going on. This first section that we're going to look at is the simplest way to, de to define or describe the path to greatness in God's kingdom. So let's look right at it. Uh, check it out. In Mark chapter 9, verse 30 through 32, it says, 
Then they departed from there and passed through Galilee, and he did not want uh, anyone to know it, for he taught his disciples and said to them, listen carefully, the Son of Man is being betrayed into the hands of men, and they will kill him. And after he is killed, he will rise the third day. But they did not understand this saying, and they were afraid to ask him. So last week, we studied where spiritual power comes from. Uh, And that was the answer to that was faith. And if our faith was weak, like the disciples, Jesus taught us that prayer and fasting were the way uh, to, they were the weights to strengthen our faith muscles or the way that our faith life can get stronger. This week, Jesus shows us what we do with that faith. Yes, our whole life is bound up and connected with faith in Christ, and that's the only way to connect with him and receive his power. But what are we going to do with the power and the life that we have now that we are his servants, his children, by his grace? What path are we going to follow? What road are we going to walk? Why does God give us this spiritual strength? Um, Well, the point of it all is to glorify God greatly, or to greatly glorify God. This path is the path that glorifies God most clearly, most greatly. Jesus teaches us that this path is not easy. It's not about us being comfortable. It's not about us being honored. It's not about uh, us being respected. It's more like our death sentence or our demise or our ruin so that God may be glorified. Look at the path that Jesus says he's going to walk. He tells his disciples, this is the path I'm on right now. And his path glorifies God more than any other. And let's see what happens. He says he is going to be betrayed. So there's the first mark of this path is that you won't be able to trust anyone but God. People are going to let you down and hurt you. The second thing we see is that he's going to be killed, which means he can't let flesh live. He can't even let flesh live. And then the third thing we see is resurrection. He's going to, God is going to grant him new life by supernatural power. This is the path to greatness in God's kingdom. And so this first section here, it describes the path of greatness that Jesus is teaching us to walk down is a path of obedience to God's will. If you want to be great in God's kingdom, it's all about obeying God's will. God wants us to trust him alone. He wants us to die to self and the flesh and he wants us to live a resurrection life of supernatural power by the holy spirit that's his will for you what is god's will for me right there he wants you to trust him alone he wants you to die to self and to flesh deny self and he wants you to live a supernaturally empowered life through the holy spirit my question for you and you got to really think this out Do you want his will? Is that what you care about? 
Do you desire to obey his will? That is the first step on the path to greatness in God's kingdom. You want to be great in God's kingdom? Then agree with his will. You're either going to agree with it or you're going to rebel against it. No, I don't want that. I don't want to trust in God alone and his word. I think other people have some wise things to say. God says, then you're not even going to go down this path. This path is only for those who will trust me. Only for those who will deny self, crucify self, and only for those who desire to live a resurrected, spiritually empowered life. Is that what you will? Is that what you want? Because that's, are we going to obey his will? That's the first step. The next uh, section, chapter, uh, verse 33 through 37, shows us that the path to greatness is all about serving others. So the first uh, section, the first steps on the path is about obeying God's will. Secondly, it's about serving others. So let's read here. He says, then he came to Capernaum. And when he was in the house, he asked them, what was it you disputed among yourselves on the road? But they kept silent for on the road, they had disputed among themselves who would be the greatest. So to serve others, we're going to see three things that we need to overcome. That's what Jesus is going to teach us. Three things we need to overcome. And this is the first one. We need to overcome the desires of pride. The path to greatness has a compass. But we can only see, and we're only using that compass, and we can only see the right way in that compass through humility. Pride blinds us. And Jesus says, guys, pride is not the path to greatness. These guys were on a separate path. They were on a different path. Jesus comes and questions them, what path are you guys on? And they say, pride, and who's greatest? And Jesus is like, hey, I'm in the middle of teaching you how to be greatest. Pride is the enemy to being great in the kingdom of God. Jesus continues. This is our second one here. And he sat down and called the twelve and said to them, Guys, if anyone desires to be first, he shall be last of all and servant of all. So if we want to uh, be able to serve others and walk down the path of greatness in God's kingdom, we must overcome the desire for position. So first we have to overcome the desire for pride. uh, And next we have to overcome the desire for position. Um, this This is the love and admiration of other people. We need to see, we must If we're going to serve them, we must see other people as higher and greater than me in importance. I got to see other people as higher and greater than me. That is what humility looks like. That's what the path to greatness in the kingdom of God looks like. Other people are greater than me. Jesus says, if anyone desires to be first, you got to be last and servant of all. Number three, he goes on, he says, Then he took a little child, and he set him in the midst of them. And when he had taken him in his arms, he said to him, Whoever receives one of these little children in my name receives me. 
And whoever receives me receives not me only, but him who sent me. And the third thing we need to overcome if we're going to serve other people with humility, we got to overcome the desire for prominence, thinking that we are more important than others. We must see the weakest and the smallest person as our priority. That is the path to greatness marked with humility. So Jesus, he's taken us down this path and he's saying, this is how this path, this is the, it's fraught with dangers and troubles. Uh, but in order for you to stay on this path, you have to see others as being more important than you. So the second description of this path to greatness that Jesus is teaching us is humble service to others. The first steps in this path was um, a life that is obedient to God's will. The second step is a life that, that is committed and devoted to serving others. What do you think is next on the path? Let's check it out. Now John answered him, saying, Teacher, we saw someone who does not follow us casting out demons in your name, and we forbade him because he does not follow us. But Jesus said, Do not forbid him, for no one who works a miracle in my name can soon afterward speak evil of me. For he who is not against us is on our side. For whoever gives you a cup of water to drink in my name, because you belong to Christ, assuredly I say to you, he will by no means lose his reward. So this third description of the path, we could sum up by saying this path is allegiance to Christ. Being loyal to Christ. Being centered on Christ, being focused on Christ. The path to greatness in God's kingdom is getting our eyes off of each other and off of all the other people in this world and fixed onto Jesus. That is the mark of a, uh, someone who's be, who is walking this path of greatness. Because if our eyes are on others and on even on our own failures or how different they are from us or we are from them, we will always feel a competitive spirit when someone does something different or better than we do. And in our flesh, we will try to shut them down or make an excuse for why we didn't do it that way or why our way is better. But Jesus says very simply, that the road to greatness and reward is not in being the church or the ministry or the life that has it all figured out and setting yourself up as the ones that other people should emulate, but rather it's simply keeping your eyes on Jesus and trusting him alone. And if you see someone else doing something else, Trust him with it. Jesus can take care of that. Pray for them. Love them. Consider them as being more important than you in your heart. And that is what greatness in God's kingdom is.
keeping your eyes on Jesus. So the third description of the path to greatness is allegiance to Christ, keeping your eyes on him. But wait, there's more. Look at verses 42 through 50. You see, on the path to greatness, we are going to need to think long and hard and deeply about hell. Whoa, not what I expected. But it's true. Hell is got to be something that we think about and we know and we understand. We need to consider it. We need to fear it. And it's going to be a continual motivation to be great in his kingdom. Jesus talked more about hell than about heaven in scripture. In fact, he talked more about hell than just about any other topic. Jesus did. And Satan's greatest trick is convincing people that he doesn't exist or that hell doesn't exist. And though that is a recipe for making terrible choices and getting on a path to a very dangerous place. The path that we're going may have lots of troubles, but the path to greatness in God's kingdom, uh, we at least understand and know what the dangers of hell are. So let's look at what Jesus says when it comes to hell. And he's going to teach us three lessons that we need to learn when it comes to thinking about hell in our lives and on this path to greatness. But whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to stumble, it would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were thrown into the sea. This first lesson is the lesson of the millstone. And in this lesson, God views our responsibility to lead others to Christ very seriously. He says, if you're not interested in the spiritual life of others, you're actually, and you're actually working against God's plan to save them, it would be better off, the world would be better off with you not in it. That's what Jesus says. For us to walk the path of greatness in God's eyes and in God's kingdom, we need to recognize that only his kingdom matters. We don't want to be an enemy of his kingdom, but we want to be working for his kingdom. Jesus says, don't be the enemy of my kingdom. If I'm wanting to save these little kids, don't get in their way. Oh, there's so many, so many applications to this, but I'm going to focus on this one. Your life matters. God sees everything. Let your life be of eternal value by leading others to Jesus, praying for others to come to Jesus, encouraging others to draw near to Jesus, serving others so that they can meet Jesus or know Jesus, loving others so that uh, for Jesus' glory, so that they can know the love of Christ. Don't live a self-centered life that you will deeply regret in the end. That's my encouragement for you from these verses today. Let's get to the second lesson now. He says, if your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better for you to enter into life maimed 
rather than having two hands to go to hell into the fire which shall never be quenched where their worm does not die and the fire is not quenched and if your foot causes you to sin cut it off for it is better for you to enter to life uh, lame rather than having two feet to be cast into hell um, where the fire in into fire that shall never be quenched where their worm does not die where their fire is not quenched and if your eye causes you to sin pluck it out it is better for you to enter the kingdom of god with one eye rather than having two eyes to be cast into hell fire where their worm does not die and their fire is not quenched so here we have the image of or the lesson of self mutilation the lesson of self mutilation crazy right uh this is obviously a metaphor jesus is using the literary style or the communication tool of a metaphor to get a point get across his point and what is that point well eyes and hands and feet uh, are, are representative of what we see, what we do, and where we go. And as important as they are, Jesus is teaching us it's better to lose them than have them prevent you from entering eternal life and God's kingdom. The, for us to walk the path of greatness, we need to care more about His kingdom than anything we see, we do, or anywhere we go. If we want to live a life of great spiritual value, we cannot allow our flesh to get in the way and give in to the desires of sin. We must cut it off, cut off the flesh, cut off the things that are not in line with what Jesus wants us to do or to be the flesh has one future my friends and that future is destruction and anything we do to keep it from that future to preserve it to protect our flesh and our thinking and our way of life and the flesh's desires anything we do like that is fighting against what God wants to accomplish in our lives and it's getting us off of the path that Jesus is calling us to walk down. So the lesson of self-mutilation is that your flesh cannot control what you do, what you see, or where you go. If you want to be great in God's kingdom, walk by the Spirit and not by the flesh. All right, our next lesson is this. Jesus says, For everyone will be seasoned with fire. Everyone will be seasoned with fire. And every sacrifice will be seasoned with salt. Salt is good, but if salt loses its flavor, how will you season it? Have salt in yourself and have peace with one another. And so we're going to learn the lesson right here of good salt. The lesson of good salt. Jesus, he says here, will salt every human. Every human will go through the fire, he says. Um, and this means 
um, that everybody is going to go through the fire of Jesus, but it's it's different for different types of people depending on your relationship with Jesus. So if you're an unbeliever, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, um, it will it will be uh, the judgment fires of hell. That is going to be what he's talking about here. Um, but the life must be purified by fire, Jesus says. Then uh, the other group of people is his disciples, those who know him, and they will also have to go through fire, but it's going to be the preserving and refining fires of trials and suffering in this life that mark the road to greatness. So the road to greatness, the last lesson Jesus has for us here, is that it's going to involve a lot of suffering if you're my follower. But it's way better than hell. It is so much better. It's of eternal value, and you will be so glad you went through it. A piece of gold is not as valuable until it's gone through the fire of refining. And that's what puts the real value on a chunk of gold. Sinclair Ferguson is an author that I really love, and he helps to clarify what these words mean uh, to for disciples when he says this. Our Lord's point is that unless we, uh, and I'm going to help you understand this, and I'm going to say walk the path that we've been talking about, but he says it like this, maintain the purity of our own lives, like by plucking out the eye and, and cutting off the hand and foot and symbolically meaning not walking according to the flesh, but according to the spirit, uh, and are purified by the flames of testing and remain faithful to Christ on this path, right? He says, our lives will have no preserving influence or saving influence on this corrupt world. So there is the life of greatness described. We follow Christ. We walk his path and he will use our lives to have an uh, impact on this world. He's not looking for people who can come up with the best arguments to argue people into hell or the people who are the most creative in doing outreaches. He is looking for those who will follow him. And you right now, during this quarantine or not, you can follow Christ today. Yes, you must surrender to his will. Yes, you must walk through pain and suffering. Yes, you must deny the flesh. Yes, you must serve others. But you can do all those things, not by your own power, but by the power of the Holy Spirit who is given to you as a free gift. Are you going to ask? Are you going to care? Are you going to do something that matters? call upon God and say, Lord, I want to live a life that matters to you. So just to review and, and get it so you have this memorized, the path to greatness laid out by Jesus here. After you've spent time with him and abided with him and, and are filled with the Spirit, empowered by the Holy Spirit, not of your own doing, but by God's free grace, the path that we walk is, number one, obey God like Christ did. Number two, serve others. Number three, be loyal to Jesus. Keep your eyes fixed and committed to Jesus. Number four, fear hell or recognize the eternal value of your life and service to God. Remember, though, 
This follows the teaching of last week on how to be empowered spiritually. We cannot do any of these things in our own power. Our flesh is woefully inadequate and even at war with all of these principles. And this path is not the path that our flesh wants to walk down. And it's going to try to keep us from walking down this path at every step. We must live and walk this path by one thing, faith. Our faith grows as we abide in Christ and in his finished work on the cross. Then we can walk this path to glorify God and our lives will matter. No matter what you accomplish, if you walk by faith down this path with Jesus, you serve others, you keep your eyes on Jesus, you you, uh, obey God. Your life will matter eternally. You will not be judged on how effective it is. That is God's doing. You will only be judged on whether you walked the path. You will be rewarded for walking this path. These are great truths. Um, And as I was studying for this, I got to say, I was deeply convicted that many times I get off the path. I don't preach this message this message as someone who gets this right all the time. But I am a child of God, loved by God, and he is so faithful to forgive us when we get off that path. And to get back on the path, it's not some crazy journey. It's just one step back and say, Lord, I'm sorry. I've had my eyes on myself. I've had my eyes uh, trying to get away from suffering, and I haven't been trying to serve others. And Lord, I've been disobedient. I'm sorry. Take me back on that path. Get Pick me up and put me back on that path. I want to follow you by faith. It's easy, guys. It's, uh, it's heartbreaking to realize that we may have wasted some time in our life, but it's valuable to turn back now, eternally valuable to follow Jesus today. So you are loved and cherished by God Almighty, He will delight, He would delight to spend time with you today and all of this week. If you have prayer requests or needs, please get in contact with me. I uh, live to pray for you and to love you and to take care of you. Uh, thank you guys for studying the Word of God with me week after week. Uh, you are the best. And, um, Now we're going to jump over to Zoom, so I'm going to get that started right now, and you guys can uh, click on that link that's in the chats of YouTube or Facebook or Twitter, and God bless you. We love you guys.